Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about should or shouldn't we worry about shoulder shrug signs after shoulder surgery. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up in Boston, Massachusetts at Champion PT and Performance. Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Lane McCrina, Mike Scudo, Lisa Russell, all here answering your amazing PT, fitness, sports performance, business, career advice type questions, anything you want to hear about. Len... Who do we have for students today? We have students today. We have Andrew King right in the middle from the University of Hartford, Connecticut. We have Joe Gawet, Gawetti, Joe Gawet from the Virginia Commonwealth University in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Is it in Northern Virginia? It's in Southern Virginia, but he's from Nova, which apparently means Northern Virginia. Southern Virginia is the tough part, right? Richmond's cool. Yeah, so we love all the listeners in Southern Virginia. Though. <laughs> and, you guys you know, have Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> and we have Austin Riff Raff from Franklin Pierce University in the great state of Arizona, the home of a good golf. Really good golf. Tax fraud. <laughs> That's going to be his nickname. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway. All right. Who do we have? King, right? Yep. The king. So we have Mateo from Pittsburgh. When dealing with a post-op shoulder patient, how do you correct increased shoulder shrug when they begin active flexion or abduction? You put on Thriller and you teach them. <laughs> I know what our thumbnail is going to be. <laughs> All right, so so for a post-op patient? Post-op shoulder. Post-op shoulder, how do we, was it avoid or how do we treat? How do you correct? How do we correct a shoulder shrug sign post-op patient? Okay. So pretty common, right, to have a, a shoulder shrug sign. Uh, sh- shoulder, <laughs> shoulder shrug. I can't wait to read the transcription on that. That's gonna look, that's gonna look weird. The shoulder shrug sign. That was still hard. Um, uh, that happens a lot post op, right? What any type of injury tends to cause some sort of pain, inflammation, anything that may happen from an injury post op type thing it tends to shut down the cuff. Lots of potential things that we can have here to have a shoulder shrug sign that happens post op. So. Before we talk about how do we fix it, I think the number one thing we should talk about is what are the potential reasons why they may have that, right? Because there's there's a handful, and I know we've talked about this in past episodes, but I think at this point we've talked about everything. But like, I like how you said specifically post-op. So uh, anyone anyone want to jump in and say, you know, what are the what are some of the causes of shoulder shrug sign? Shoulder shrug. All right. So I think the main reason why people get a shoulder shrug sign is because they're compensating through the shoulder blade, right? Yep. So if you have some sort of pain weakness or stiffness in the shoulder, which you're going to have after a shoulder surgery, then you're going to compensate through the shoulder blade 
to make up for the issue at the shoulder joint itself. Okay. And sometimes this is the path of least resistance. You're afraid or it's painful to move the limb. So it's easier to just try to do that, right? So, so I think there's number one right there. Let's call that a neuromuscular patterning issue that the person has, meaning they can do it. They just aren't doing it, right? So maybe some some education on how to help them do that. So usually that's a progression of like passive, active assisted, and then active range of motion type things. But I think it's more about showing them that A, they can do it, and then maybe facilitating them to do it either by using some of your hands, doing some active assisted type things. But I think I think that's a good one. Nice, one. What's next? Who wants to jump in with number two? Soft tissue, like either muscle or capsule is going to you know probably get stiff usually if it's a cuff repair it's a shoulder right so cuff yeah. repair um then they're probably 40 plus so they have a tendency to just get capsular stiffness uh, more so and probably some you know tightness in their muscles around the joint so um you got to be able to address that through range of motion maybe some mobs um, soft tissue work to the all the muscles around the area try to loosen it up because if it's the capsule's not moving well the humeral head is going to get stuck and what's gonna happen is you're gonna to try to fight through that sticking and just try to raise it up any way you can and you're not getting normal arthrokinematics in the joints where so your humeral head can't uh, roll, glide, and slide where it, like it needs to because it's, it's like physically limited. So uh, you gotta work on that as well. All right, so I like it. So mobility restriction. So you just had surgery. Either you were immobilized by the physician, like you're in a sling or an abduction pillow, whatever it may be. Maybe you self-immobilized because it didn't feel very well, right? So you immobilized for a little bit and then you had some adaptations to the rotator, uh, the muscles, I should say, or the capsular tissue that started to get a little tight. Good one, nice. So what would we do for treatment for that one? Well, easy, soft tissue, joint mobility type things, trying to get them to actually increase their mobility through some of our manual therapy, and probably again, the exercises we give them. So good, and I think those, these all play together, so that's a good one, good. Uh, what else, who wants to jump in? I'd say weakness. There's more, maybe. there's more, yeah, there we go, right? I'd say weakness is probably one a little bit far down the road that you're, maybe you're doing exercise like you're trying a standing full can variation or even without weight, but that itself is a long lever arm, so it's too much on the cuff to maybe do comfortably or do with the proper mechanics, and so maybe laying someone on their side and starting with a bent elbow on their side eliminates gravity and then progressing them to a straight arm, then putting some dumbbells in their hands on their side, that will help the smoother transition to get stronger over a couple of weeks. Perfect, so weakness, specifically the rotator cuff, so it's probably not stabilizing the humeral head, so you're getting superior migration and you're shrugging, right? Mm -hmm. So I like that. So gravity assisted or eliminated position, very helpful, mm -hmm. right? I think that's a good one. And then the other thing is just get super strong down here, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, that's a, the no-brainer part right there. So I, those are good ones, right? Because sometimes you'll have somebody that doesn't have any mobility restrictions, but they're still shrugging, right? Or you have somebody that doesn't have any weakness issues and they're still shrugging. So those are the two big ones that kind of go into play. Um, one more I'm thinking of, which kind of isn't much different, but anybody else want to try? I think we nailed 98% of the time. You say neuro, like nerve involvement somewhere? That's a good point, right? Like surgical trauma? You could have some surgical like nerve related stuff too, which then would probably feed into Dave's weakness type thing. But I think the difference with that is instead of trying to get like weight and get stronger, if it's a neurological, like neurogenic weakness type thing, you're probably doing more reps and lighter load, right? To kind of get some of that. 
Um, stim I, trigger would also maybe be more appropriate. Yeah, neuromuscular stim would be great to get that. I like that. Um, I think the other thing I would add, and I think it's it maybe it just piggybacks on Len. It's like a subset of what Lenny just said. Was that like maybe you you actually had like a capsule repair, and not only now is your capsule tight, but perhaps your capsule is surgically tightened or over tightened a little bit. So I guess it's, it's pretty similar that your capsule's tight like Lenny said, but it's not just that you got, you were immobilized and you got stiff. I think it's sometimes like, especially with a capsule repair for hypermobility or whatever it may be, you know, you actually get some, some surgical tightness. And the reason why I bring that up is I think the treatment's a little bit different with that, right? Because you have to be careful with what we're doing if we're early within those phases. So you do the best you can with your mobility, but you can't be super aggressive with it because you can't disrupt the repair. So that's probably the one the one time that we're actually saying, hey, pump the brakes a little bit on that. Hopefully, as the capsular tissue gets a little bit looser, then over time that that shrug will go away. Especially if you are, you know, subsequently working on the strength and the stability uh, down below. Right. I will say it's a good point, and I think we take some of that for granted because I've had a bunch of people recently. Now that I'm in a cash-based setting, people find us especially me, I can speak for me, that I, I find people a year, two years plus out of surgery that's still not happy with their outcomes. And I, even though we, their people seem to be functional, there's a subset of people that the capsule just never gets its mobility back the way it was before the surgery, and people struggle. And especially if they're going at a high level of something, uh, whether it's CrossFit or I have a female right now, dancer. And she, she has what everybody would say is full range of motion in her shoulder, and the doc was probably happy, and her PT was probably happy, but she's still not satisfied over a year out of surgery because her shoulder just doesn't feel right. She still gets this little pinch. So I think that something we can't take for granted is we got to protect the area, but we have to get back that normal capsular mobility the way it was before the surgery. And how do we know it? People will tell you they feel a pain in the back, they feel a pain in the front, it just doesn't feel right. But this is months down the road, so you got to figure out a way to protect the area but still get that mobility back in the glenohumeral joint because it will affect subtle orthokinematics in the joint that still bother a, a, a good group of people down the road after these type of surgeries. And she had a subscap repair and an anterior labral repair. You know what I mean? Deal. So bigger deal, a lot going on, you know, younger person, and she still doesn't feel it right. We've had to... Open? Uh, no, scope. scope. Right. So, dancer, good tissue quality, you know, very flexible, but her capsule is still not the way she wants it. We've made some good gains by some of the stuff I've done. That's a different story. Her capsule is exactly how the surgeon wanted it, though. It's probably. Yeah, yeah. Success. Right. They did it, right? She, doesn't, she <laughs> doesn't feel right. That's a big part. We used to see this a lot more with open procedures. Right. You had, you, had the, you had the incision and you, you had to take down the subscap to get in there. So, yeah. you got pretty tight after those things. But we're, we're seeing it less with scopes, but I, there is, you know, all certain physicians that just over tighten it they like yeah. to make it tight because in their mind they're trying to weigh the consequence of them having instability again down the road versus not so you know sometimes yeah you're, you're kind of limited with, with what you can do but hopefully even if it's over tightened surgically that'll affect them more at end range right. might initially over here but at end range so meaning we shouldn't really have a shrug in there right you know so something to keep in mind yeah. so I think we nailed that. I think we covered like a bunch of reasons why you could potentially have that shoulder shrug. Uh, pretty common, but definitely something that you want to try to get get rid of right away. So appreciate the question. Head to MikeRyland.com, click on the podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us more questions. And see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. 
If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.